Today on episode 486 of the I Am Salt Lake podcast, we get a chat with our new friend, Bryant Heath. I don't know if you guys caught the article in the Salt Lake Tribune. This was a few months back about the guy that ran every street in Salt Lake City during the uh, the ever famous year of 2020. Well, that guy is Bryant, the guy we have on the podcast. I had to bring him on here and find out from him what it was like. I wanted to find out, hey, did you really even meet your goal, right? Like, did you reach it? Did you get there? How was it? We find out everything in this conversation. Bryant shares with us all uh, the ups and the downs of the run. All of his experience. But uh, we're going to get into that here in just a minute. But before we do, we're going to introduce ourselves. I am Chrissy Hollifield. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name's Chris Hollifield. And I am his gal pal. <laughs> and if you're a longtime listener of this podcast, you know it. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us again. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, you might be asking yourself what it's all about. We are here every week with a brand new episode where we get to showcase awesome people in Salt Lake City, Utah and surrounding areas. We get to talk to business owners, authors, tattoo artists, restaurant owners, really anyone that might have a cool story to share. Hey, we got a brand new sponsor for this uh, for this episode for the podcast. I am excited to talk about him. Me too. One thing keep in mind, you guys, whenever we talk about any of our sponsors, when you go out of your way to support our sponsors... You're directly supporting the podcast. Hey, do you miss going to movies? Well, you're in luck because this summer, the nonprofit Sundance Institute is kicking off a free screening series for the locals to say thank you to its home state. The outdoor program will spotlight buzzy feature films in shorts from 2021 Sundance Film Festival program. And guess what? Admission is free. To see the film lineup and to save your spot at these special outdoor and drive-in events going on in Park City and Salt Lake County, visit Sundance.org and we'll see you soon, Utahns. And many thanks to uh, Sundance Institute for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Let's get into that conversation that we had with Bryant Heath. Like I said, he ran every street in uh, Salt Lake City in the year 2020. This was a fascinating conversation. Such a cool guy. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the conversation. I want to jump right into the reason we brought you on the podcast, Brian. I want to find out. So I read this article. I think it was in the Tribune that you ran every street in Salt Lake City in the year 2020, the the ever famous year of 2020 that the world stopped. You decided to run every street in Salt Lake City why? What because happened? He, you are one of those people who took advantage of the fact that everything shut down and did something awesome with it. That's the <laughs> Well, coolest. I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate that for sure. And uh, it's kind of ironic because I started the project, you know, pre-pandemic. And so this was just going to be, you know, my 2020 resolution, you know, maybe hit the pavement a little bit, log a few miles, see the city a lot more intensely. Uh, and then the, obviously March rolls around, everything gets shut down. It's a dramatic change, both in my life and, and you know, everyone else's life. Um, but it was an opportunity, to say the least. Um, I was able to uh, go around town. I was home a lot more frequently. Um, that set me up uh, a lot better with, you know, mapping my runs and actually doing the running. So you had no idea. So you started this in January. You had no idea that, that the whole pandemic was going to happen. The whole world yeah. was going to happen. That go is amazing. Place. See, for some reason, I thought you did this because of the pandemic, because you were at home. 
I mean, because, you know, obviously everything started so at the beginning of 2020, almost right. in March. Well, really. I thought it was a joke in the beginning. I'm like, <laughs> OK, ha ha. We're yeah, talking we're, about coronavirus. Oh, yeah. oh OK. It's real. <laughs> yeah, and you're like watching you're watching the news articles online. Everything's happening in China, maybe Italy. You just never expect it to hit home. Right. It's like, ah, it's over there. <laughs> this is awesome. This this story even gets a little bit better here, man, because, OK, because this is. Cause I, you know, obviously the gym shut down. So I had to hit the streets myself and, and start running and walking and start getting out in nature and start getting out and about because everything was shut down. So the horror. what was the motivation? Like what made you decide to do every street in Salt Lake City? Was there a motivation behind that? Right. So it was probably the December prior. I think I was like looking up like where to eat or a restaurant or someplace. Uh, I don't really remember the exact reasons, but I was on Google Maps. And I start looking at the maps and I start like just randomly zooming in on areas like Liberty Wells or Rose Park and, you know, streets that I've never been on. And then holistically, you start looking, oh, wow, like I haven't been to probably three quarters of the entire city and I've lived here for over a decade now. And it just was pretty shocking, pretty sobering, to say the least, that, uh, you know, you kind of fall into your routines of, you know, going to work, coming home, going to, you know, your five restaurants that you always like to go to, going to the five parks you always like going to. And so naturally, you just kind of stay in this uh, status quo. And so I thought, hey, this would be a great opportunity to uh, kind of mesh my running habit that I like to do, as well as kind of explore the city a lot more. Explain how, how like how far north and west, south, east, because Salt Lake City, I mean, how, what what, defines, what, what, what did you define? So I'm, I'm, I'm curious here. I'm curious. Like right. How. So, yeah. So on the, uh, actually on the city's website, they had a map that has the boundaries and it was a little surprising to see, uh, A, how westward it goes. It goes 7,200 west, even further past that off of North Temple. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, so it goes incredibly far west. Like uh, you always hear about like some of these sites out west, like where the new prison is getting developed or where these Amazon distribution facilities are. You know, to to me, it was just nowhere. a new in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> it's just a news story I'd read. And then now like you actually go and observe and you're like, oh, my goodness, I'm way out in the boonies where downtown is just like. You know, you can't even see it almost. You can see the mountains, obviously, but uh, it goes way far west on the north and the east side. Um, really, it's City Creek Trail that if you take that trail all starting at Memory Grove Park and just kind of head on up for about 10 or so miles, uh, you wind up to the north and east most point of the city. And then there's also northern ports uh, more north of the airport. That was, again, surprising. Farmland is around there. Uh, you know, I never suspected that there was farmland in Salt Lake City proper. <laughs> and then down south, you actually have uh, the Brickyard area, which is a very interesting kind of like a peninsula that's basically surrounded by Mill Creek all around. But for some tax reasons, I think uh, Salt Lake City uh, decided to annex that portion and that mall area, you know, where Harmons is and things like that by Brickyard to get the tax revenue. So yeah, it's it's very uh interesting boundaries for sure. And I learned, you know, so much about maps in the city and <laughs> through this project. That is so cool. Did you discover like any roads that haven't been developed yet that you're like supposed to be running on? You're like, wait a minute, this says it's a road right here, but it's just that's, like that's a good like yeah. how how accurate yeah. are current day maps. Yeah, you that's uh you definitely fall you fall into the rabbit hole of just like uh, perusing the city's map, perusing Google's map, perusing like all these open source maps that are around. And usually uh, whenever I'd plan out my routes, I would use three maps. 
And if like two of the three agree that it's a road, then I would run it. Um, but if there's, it just shows you how like you think roads and streets are like this like very fixed concept, mm-hmm. fixed like a idea. Hey, thing. Exactly. Like yeah. they have signage. I know where I am. But uh, after doing the project, it's a lot more ambiguous and uh, nebulous, to say the least. You know what? And this is I was actually talking to my kid about this the other day. It's so interesting seeing how roads have been developed over time because initially they were created for like horse and buggies. And so we've done like this weird transition and we kind of make them work for us right now. But they're like super inefficient and, you know, like not really the best way to do things like the way that we've laid them out. but. You know, we all we have to accept it because we already did it. Yeah, absolutely. And you see that like reminiscent uh, like around the Fair Park area where you have these exceptionally wide roads mm-hmm. and there's just houses. It's like a residential road that's probably like, you know, maybe like 50 yards wide. And it's going back to your point. It's just kind of like we've just lived with it because we've lived with it for so long. Yeah. What about like uh, like uh, private property areas, stuff like that, like like gated communities? I'm sure there were some areas. You Hobbitville, did you run through Hobbitville? It's I know it's not called that. Is that I sorry, I just want to go there. Um, yeah, at the t- at the time, like I, I actually uh, live in the Sugar House area, and kind of near where now Allen Park. Yeah, you know, Allen Park. Yeah. yeah, that's what's and it, okay. Yeah. It was actually getting uh, transitioning from you know the former uh, residences that were there to the park, and so it was under construction. I basically only had like three rules. Uh, one, I didn't run on interstates because it's illegal. So that's you can't, a good I mean, rule. that's why you don't see yeah, Also exactly. death. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, two active construction zones. Like uh, there's probably a dozen or so um, of these like condos that are going up. That's kind of appropriated some of these uh, uh, smaller roads that uh, that are next to it just so they can have like construction equipment. So I didn't run any of those. And then any like gated communities that had aggressive trespassing signs or Aggr- just aggressive ones. <laughs> yeah, if it was like exactly, exactly. If it's just like not you know nonchalant, like oh, there's a gate, but I can kind of open it. Okay, just, like, then I'll go. Throw in a and... rug up there and scale the fence. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Beware yeah. of dog. Okay, that means they're serious. Yeah, but I say for the most part, I mean, I mean, obviously interstates are pretty uh, a lot of miles, but all the other ones may be you know, a few miles here or there that I actually missed. Uh, but I felt pretty good about completing the project. Were there, were there any areas though, man? Like, cause I'll tell you, I've gone on some runs and I'm like, eh, maybe I shouldn't be running here. Like this does not look like the best. I mean, even, even like with wild dogs or something, like it just seems like to me, if you don't know neighborhood, you don't know what's around there. And it's That's like, true. And dogs is a good point. Because yeah. Dogs always come out of nowhere and bite you. Yeah. Always. I mean, it just seems like, it, did you run me. into anything like that? Uh, so on the dog side of things, uh, actually, I never had any uh, negative interactions with dogs. Of course, I had like probably two or three that were, you know, off leash on someone's front yard. And then they would just come up to me. I would just stop casually, let them sift my arm, you know, and just, uh, you know, their owner was really good about bringing them back in. But that was one of my irrational fears, I would say, because uh, I just irrational. didn't know what to expect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not irrational. <laughs> I've heard <laughs> more stories. <laughs> yeah, maybe I was just very, very fortunate uh, in my timing. I don't know. But uh, all positive experiences there. Uh, as for, you know, any sort of uh, areas that I felt uncomfortable in, not not too terribly many, to be quite honest. Like, uh, again, you go in, I could probably count, 
you know, on one hand, how many times I've been on the West side and you, you know, you always hear kind of, oh, that's the quote unquote bad side of town. It's just right. so overblown. And so going into it, I, again, I didn't know what to expect. And that was so the nice thing about this project is kind of you get more familiarized with the area and you understand, hey, the West side's great. There's really no unsafe areas that I felt um, running around. There was a few spots where um, maybe it wasn't um, conducive to running, mostly because like in these heavily uh, distribution centers or industrial areas, like there might not be a sidewalk, for instance, obviously, because they're not, you know, expecting runners to go down California right. Avenue out by 5600 West or something like that. So, uh, but for the most part, I, yeah. yeah, exactly. And so for the most part, I think I negotiated all that pretty well. So. That's see, and I, I like that you point that out because not enough people talk about this. The West Side is very awesome, and there are not scary places in Utah. Come on, guys. Well, it, I mean, they're I always didn't even mean it necessarily but, like scary with people, even well, as I just much want as to call like this out because yeah, I love I mean, the West Side, and uh, that's all I want to say. Yeah, <laughs> it's the coolest. It has the best food. Hey, what's up, everybody? Sorry to cut in here, but we're going to take just a moment and tell you about one of our awesome sponsors. I love talking about them, utahmarijuana.org. They are your number one spot for all things medical marijuana, medical cannabis, CBD, and THC. I don't know if you guys remember way back on episode 420, we had Tim Pickett on the podcast uh, to find out about medical marijuana here in Utah, find out all about the, the medical cannabis program here in Utah. Well, now utahmarijuana.org is a sponsor of this podcast and their team of medical cannabis experts they're going to make getting your medical card easy from your first office visit to navigating the state card application and beyond. They have over 20 compassionate and highly skilled qualified medical providers that are ready to help you find relief so you won't have to search for a doctor willing to recommend cannabis treatment to you. Trust me, I know that one's pain. The patient experience team at utahmarijuana.org is dedicated to helping you get all the way through the process so you can get your medicine legally. Check this out because right now they're offering an exclusive discount to listeners of this podcast. Use the code GREEN25. It's going to get you $25 off your first visit, right? It's going to save you some money. Plus, it's going to tell them you're coming from this podcast, which is going to directly support this podcast. So green 25 is the discount code. And depending on where you're located in the valley, they have a they have a location just for you. UtahMarijuana.org has locations from Bountiful to Provo. So depending on where you're located in the valley, they're going to be able to, to uh, help you out. So isn't it time that you took control of your own health? UtahMarijuana.org. Feel better. How did you approach this? Because I don't think we've really talked about this aspect of the run yet. Because to me, especially if you start at the very beginning, back at the beginning of January, you were like, hey, I want to run every street in Salt Lake City. You must have had a game plan. You must have figured out how many miles you need to run every day. Like, how did you approach that? How did you make sure that November didn't roll around and you're like, oh, shoot. I still have half the city I got to run. Time management seems yeah. like it would be a big How many thing. miles? How, how did you, how, did you run every day? How did you break that down? Yeah. So uh, going into the project, I kind of looked at the map and I kind of like roughly estimated is probably going to be around 1200 miles. So about a hundred miles a month, uh, which if you really break it down, that's 25 miles a week. 
So if you run, you know, three miles, four miles a day, every day, granted, then you could you could finish it out. Um, that sounds the problem terrible is, to me. <laughs> <doesn't>. you. <laughs> uh, the problem is uh, basically Monday through Thursday, I was uh, very tied down with, uh, you know, with work and my commute and things like that. So I re- really only wound up running maybe three or four times a week, uh, basically Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then maybe one time in the evening. So and you ran so like that, long distances. Right. And that was kind of uh, a surprising aspect at the end of it was seeing that I kind of averaged a little over eight mile runs, which was kind of surprising to me. But you like anything like uh, the more you kind of like starting out, no way I was anywhere near, you know, running that that long or that frequent. Uh, But like anything with consistency and practice, you get better and better at it. You kind of get more and more comfortable. And by the end of the, the whole project, I felt really good with, you know, 10, 12, 15 mile runs on a pretty regular basis. So, but yeah, going to your original question, uh, I approximated it out and said it was probably a doable project for me. And then came the really challenging part, which was actually, you know, logging it, mapping out the runs and making sure that you got everything. And that was, uh, took a, a lot more time than I had originally expected. So planning is amazingly difficult. Well, probably with GPS on our phones or, or whatever you're using to log that way is really easy to make sure you're, you're where you're hitting and, and, you know, making sure you're right. So hitting every street, I guess. Yes. Yeah, so I had uh, a GPS watch. So every run I did, I definitely logged it. So that was the easier aspect. Uh, but basically kind of combining all those GPS files into like a usable map where you can kind of see everywhere you've been, uh, it was, was very challenging to, to figure out how to do. And then not only that, but just like figuring out what's your next route. So I basically would plot every time where I've been. I would zoom in on a little area and then make a physical map and print out an area I haven't done. And then I would just by hand with a pen and paper, just uh, routed out my route for the next run. So I feel like you should be a data analyst. You would be (laughs) so good at like tracking trends and all that. Oh my gosh, that's a, that is like a hard thing to do for real. Yeah. Maybe I'm just like obsessive or persistent. I don't know. (laughs) Hey, it works. (laughs) So what I want to talk about like, like discoveries, right? Like I'm sure there were things that while you were out running that you would run by and you'd be like, what the heck did I just run by? Or I can't believe this is exists in Salt Lake. Like, like just discoveries that just blew you out of the water, so to say. I mean, what I'm sure there was one or two or multiple things. Every run, every run, you would say you'd see something. I took, uh, you know, I tried to log them as best I could uh, after each run, uh, like in my phone, just like jot down rough locations and things like that. Uh, one thing that really stemmed from it is the amount of like outdoor murals you see. Going into it, you know, I could tell you like, okay, there's some downtown or maybe there's some over in the Granary area, but maybe I I would probably estimate there's about 50 or so murals. But after looking at my notes, I'm like, oh my goodness, there's probably, you know, 150, 200 murals just in Salt Lake City. And so that was actually a project I did after I did all my running was I I made like a Google map uh, for people to see all the outdoor murals and kind of where their cross streets are and their locations. I think oh I have gosh. that link. I have that link. Didn't the Tribune do that? Or no, KUTV did that. I, there's a there's a link there. I don't know if that's the best link, but I'll put that at IamSaltLake.com uh, with this episode so people can go there because it says 266 murals in Salt yeah. Lake City, which 
I'm a big fan of, of art and, and the murals. And I wish Salt Lake City had more art every time we go to another city, like Philadelphia. It's just like, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. Yeah. So I really want people to go check out. Um, Man, this, this map is really cool. Like these maps on here, I'm looking at them right now. And have you have like broken out into different sections, like the Highland Park area run. And, you know, that, that's really neat because people can like you've done all the work for people. This is so cool. Yeah, it's it's, uh, you know, it's a bit of an eerie feeling. You know, if you live in Salt Lake, I ran by your house. If you work in Salt Lake, <laughs> I ran by your house, you know, and, so and you kind of get geez. you Yeah, right. <laughs> you get a little bit of an appreciation, too, of like scale. Like, um, I mean, you always hear like these stats like, oh, 2000 pe- or 200,000 people live in Salt Lake or there's X amount of businesses or restaurants that are in Salt Lake. And you don't really have an appreciation, I guess, until you do something like this where you physically go by each and every one of them and you're just like in awe at you're like, all times. That's, it's kind of like we hear about the national deficit but you don't really right. know until you go look at it <laughs> they're like all like abstract like. <laughs> yeah they're abstract concepts for sure yeah yes hey it's that time of the podcast we're going to take just a couple of minutes right now tell you about one of our awesome sponsors i love talking about the salt lake barber company because i've been going there gosh it has been close to six years easily. I've been going to Isaac over there, cutting my hair, cutting my beard, making me look like a million bucks. They are located at 10 East, 800 South, right on the corner of 8th and Main. They offer haircuts, beard trims, straight razor shaves, and they are truly a true community barbershop. They focus on providing the best work environment possible and allowing barbers there to always provide the highest quality experience while in the chair. Listen up, they do take walk-ins, but I would rather have a guaranteed appointment. So I go to saltlakebarberco.com, type in everything I want to, you know, the services I want to get, the time I want to go in. I have a guaranteed appointment. Again, saltlakebarberco.com is their website. Go get yourself a haircut, a beard trim, straight razor shave. And many thanks to Salt Lake Barber Company for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. So what are you doing in 2021 then? What, uh, I mean, are you running every street in Provo this year or what, what are you doing this year, man? Like what's, what's the goals this year? Yeah, I tried to go back to just like my regular runs and I just got bored to be honest. Like I go around Sugar House Park or, or go along, you know, the Harvard Yale area or, or Sugar House area. And I just got bored because like I could like still remember like kind of passing by it the last time. And so I was like, well, let me just try out going through Mill Creek. And then I finished up running all the streets in Mill Creek in about April's time frame. And then I was like, well, let's try South Salt Lake now. And I'm about halfway done through South Salt Lake. So I don't know. I think I'll probably continue hitting uh, all the different surrounding areas. Because again, every time you run, you see things. Like I was just uh, yesterday over in this nondescript section of South Salt Lake, like near State Street, 2700 South to 3300 South. Like there's some strip malls, you know, some residences. And just on that eight mile run, I took seven pictures of just like interesting things. There's a, a guy who has like this six foot tall gnome statue in his front yard. <laughs> and then there's Wait, two beautiful. That is cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's off of uh, 2700 South, uh, just west of State Street. Yeah. And uh, there's two murals that, that are so beautiful just off the off the tracks line that uh, most people, if you don't take the tracks, you would never see. And or if you don't run these dead end streets that abut the tracks, uh, train tracks, you would never see. And you're just 
you're just constantly in alls. I mean, I try to document as much as I can. I do have like an Instagram account, mostly just for me personally, but some people just kind of like seeing all these unusual things that I tend to spot from all my running. So what what's the name of that if people want to follow you and see stuff? Yeah, it's uh, at SLCs and it's kind of a pun because uh, C's is spelled S-E-E-S, okay. like a yeah. vision. <laughs> so, oh yeah, I like that. Yeah, that I know. I so know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you'd be shocked. And it's not just like, uh, you know, obviously people have unusual things in their front yard. You know, there's obviously a lot of outdoor artwork that's around. But uh, even this like ironic street signs that you'd kind of notice funny juxtapositions or license plates of people. It's just... Uh, you know, every run, I can't stress that enough. There's just uh, always something unusual out there. I'm sure if you walked around your own neighborhood, you'd be uh, in awe of what you could find if you kind of looked with uh, open eyes for sure. Well, that's back to what I was saying at the beginning when when the gyms closed down on me and when I had to go hit the streets and I did start just walking around my neighborhood. I was like, I got this. I mean, I was it's telling true. Chrissy, I was like, yeah. did you know there's a lady just around the corner from us that sells eggs? I mean, like we could just go buy <laughs> or fresh like, eggs from our neighbor. Or like or we he would could come go back and be like, and, there's signs in everybody's windows and they say like something yeah, weird that yeah. made no sense. And he's like, why does everybody, you know, it's funny because yeah. we got to be like, what's happening in the neighborhood? <laughs> you don't do that anymore. It's like, we're too mechanical nowadays. No, I agree. And like, uh, you know, that was the sense from your neighborhood. And then, you know, I have the same thing from my neighborhood and each, every, every neighborhood. I can't stress this enough, whether you're in Glendale, whether you're on the East Bench, whether you're up in the avenues, like every neighborhood has just like uh, these kind of funny quirks, these kind of uh, distinctive landmarks that that people, if you live in the neighborhood, yeah, you probably may or may not know about. But if you're, you know, from outside, you know, it doesn't even cross your periphery. And so, Coming across those, it's been fun. Like whenever I post about them on the Instagram, every now and then I'll, you know, now it's getting more common, but like people will be like, oh yeah, that's my neighbor's house. Or, oh, I actually, one guy said I delivered flowers to this one particular house and, and it kind of jogs. So I always have one or two connections to whatever I post, which is, you know, kind of uh, reminiscent of the, the idea of small Lake City, you know, everyone's yeah, and kind I of love that uh, because. We all feel so disconnected, especially right now after the pandemic and all that crazy stuff. And it feels like what you're doing is helping us like pull back together as a community. You know, it's really you're really bringing the human back into technology. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. I mean, that's I try to I I appreciate those words for sure. And I I hope I also spark a little bit of, uh, you know, urban exploration in some people and, you know, maybe Instead of doing the same commute down 700 East that you've done a million times, maybe you go down 600 East. Maybe you, you know, drop it down, you know, instead of going down 1700 South, go down 1800 South or, or one of those uh, other kind of side streets. And, and I promise you that without fail, you'll find something interesting for sure. You should put this together maybe like in a coffee table book or, 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 or like some kind of book or, or even a blog, man. Like when you were talking about like your Instagram back to when you were talking about like, oh, you're pushing some of your pictures there and and kind of like ways to continue this. Like I would love to come to your, your blog almost daily, see where you went on a run that day. Even I was like, Oh, where did Brian go for a run today? I mean, I would find that fascinating. You would definitely have to quit your job. Cause that'd be a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I have a few ideas. Like uh, ideally I want to create like uh, another Google map. That's very similar to the mural map that kind of has like the locations or at least the cross streets of all my previous postings. So then holistically people can kind of see, Hey, I live in Liberty Wells. What is he featured, you know, down in Liberty Wells? Um, additionally, I kind of wanted, since I'm kind of big into running, I would like to do like 
little like, you know, maybe 5K routes through each one of the neighborhoods that maybe you hit, you know, four or five or six of the sites that I've kind of featured. Um, again, that's just kind of like what, what you said. It can be a full-time job for sure. And this is mostly a hobby to me, but it seems like a hobby that uh, a lot of people have resonated with. And so I, I'm thankful that they enjoy uh, everything that I've kind of uh, produced. So. Would you consider Salt Lake City to be a running friendly city? I would. I definitely yeah. would. Um, I mean, it definitely does have its uh, um, areas of improvement for sure, but sidewalks are very ubiquitous in all the residential streets. Like even if you go down to Mill Creek, I was shocked. Like they, I guess they don't believe in sidewalks or something. Maybe yeah, it's driving, <laughs> driving there always freaks me out. Cause I'm just like, uh, it's just like, it's pretty bizarre. Tiny road. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty bizarre for sure. And, and it, it, like uh, pretty much all the residential streets down in Mill Creek uh, don't have sidewalks. Uh, so in that regard, Salt Lake city is definitely better. My biggest complaint would be like, people need to slow down in residential streets. Um, every neighborhood has, you know, the little green men carrying the orange flag or signs that say drive like your children live here or slow down, like, like parents or residents just like pleading with drivers to just like, just chill out and just go 20 miles an hour or 25 miles an hour. But, uh, uh, yeah, so that would be my one, uh, hope is, uh, you know, uh, maybe better enforcement in residential speed limits, maybe even dropping the, uh, residential speed limit. I'm a big proponent of that. And, uh, there's an organization called Sweet Streets, uh, SLC that does a lot of kind of like, uh, street design ideas and one of one of their uh initiatives is is dropping the residential speed that i definitely sign up for for sure okay Ooh, they sound cool yeah i'll have to look into them yeah they have a lot of idea i mean that's just one of their initiatives uh they they're just like strong proponents of having like uh walkable streets you know i mean right yeah just safe for people i know like our whole neighborhood has we're like we're, our road gets used as a back road quite often and and everybody's like, how do we get people to stop? Just because we have so many kids outside all the time. It's it is hard. And in residential streets, like uh, I mean, that's where you have the vehicle, the bicycle, or vehicle, the pedestrian interactions. Like if you're on the interstate, okay, I get it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> interstate, that's their problem. <laughs> that's right. But uh, you know, I, I on the residential streets, I think you should definitely prioritize pedestrians, bicyclists, because they're the unprotected folks. So even even protections. Uh, or, or regulations against vehicles that might be seem seemingly extraordinary, I think is worth it, you know, to, to protect the unprotected individuals. Do you have a favorite that. time of the year that you like running in Utah? Is it like, uh, are you a favorite like fall or summer, spring, winter? Whatever? Oh, definitely winter. Winter has to be the hey, best. Some, some people like running out in snowflakes, man. <laughs> I, I actually do like winter. <laughs> do you really? I can't I because I've, I've fallen on ice so many times that I'm just like, I'm not going to go outside. <laughs> It's going to stay here. <laughs> I like winter because uh, of the cold weather. I tend to like uh, breathe easier than springtime. I actually have asthma. So uh, um, that's one of my motivators, you know, from long, long ago to actually take up running was to kind of like build up lung capacity and kind of uh, better manage my asthma. Okay, and, that's uh, impressive because I have asthma too. And my way of dealing with it is to just stay sitting. <laughs> Don't move a lot because then you won't be able to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Your way's a little bit healthier. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, and so like I springtime's always difficult for me because everything's in bloom and I just can feel it being challenging to breathe. And uh, it's it's a shame because that's our prettiest time. I feel like with everything in place, I would love to just like run around the capital and see all the cherry blossoms and all that. But uh, it's just it's just a little bit more challenging for me. 
totally makes sense. As a man that suffers horrible with allergies, I, <laughs> dude, I get it, man. I get it. I get it bad. I get it really bad. Dude, that is so cool, man. I am so, I am so, uh, I find this thing so fascinating that the running every street of Salt Lake City, which will kind of, I want to kind of shift into some standard Salt Lake City questions that we ask everybody that comes through here, sure. uh, of, of like when we have family and friends that come to town, you know, we from the West Coast, East Coast, out of town, wherever. And they're like, Hey, show us around. Give us a tour of Salt Lake. I'm sure that your tours have improved. I'm sure you have a few new favorite spots that you like to take people to. Like, what's the Bryant tour? Where do you take people to? Uh, yeah, so probably uh, a, a lot of unusual places. Uh, atypical places would be what I'd say. I always tend to go up to the uh, Natural History Museum. That's my favorite building in the whole city. I just love how it, it uh, abuts the landscape, and it's just very, very beautiful. So I show them that. Uh, I take them down to uh, that pyramid the sumam temple are you familiar with that one it's on the west like 700 west or something like that yeah, yeah near 700 west and 900 yeah. south ish yeah yeah it's so wild it's pretty wild i didn't i i came across it and that was one of those sites that you see for the first time and you're like you're taken aback because you're like i never imagined there'd be a two-story t- like pyramid here yeah you're like <laughs> when did this get here and how is no one talking about it like, that's right that's right <laughs> what's happening <laughs> so i take them there i also like take them to like uh you know they they arrive in the airport and then i take them back to the airport there's an interesting road on the north side of the airport that kind of splits the two runways that's actually accessible and you can go all the way up to basically knock on the door on the uh uh, flight control tower. You can get it that kind of close up there, and it's kind of neat to see, like, good for train uh, plane spotting and and seeing all the takeoffs. And will you, will you take me there? Wait, what, what, what is this? I want to fly in Salt Lake, so night. you could take me there. I, yeah, it's just, <laughs> I should you, let it, you know next time I come back to town. Quick to the airport. Yeah. yeah, you can see it on the road. Like if you Google Map it, uh, if you zoom in, there's a there's a road that you can get to. Anybody can get to it. Um, and it just literally takes you from the north side of the airport and splits the runways and you can see takes off, take off and landings from every aircraft that goes to and from our airport. So, wow. That that's am- so cool. I mean, that's amazing that people don't get in trouble. That's what amazes me. Good for you not getting caught. <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting. It I mean, was a, it's public land. Yeah, it's public land. It's an interesting place to run on. You know, they don't get too many uh, running traffic. I'd say so. Most of the people who take those roads are are employees of the air, air uh, the airport or some of the uh, uh, delivery services out there. So, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. What about any favorite local eating spots? Places that you like to eat at lunch, dinner, whenever you know. Um, I'm sure you even discovered new places this last year. Right. So like, again, like whenever I was on the West side, like I've been there so seldomly, anytime I did like a West side run, I always made it a point to kind of like eat at a different West side restaurant. Like what you mentioned, it's like amazing food there. Like, and it's, yeah, it's kind it's of, uh, everything is good. It's disheartening that I spent like a decade without, you know, realizing this fact. I feel so bad about that. But uh, yeah, everything is good. Like I love Chunga's tacos. That's like my favorite taco joint. They I've have, heard like, of a- them and I haven't been there yet. Shame on me. They have two locations. They have, one's on Redwood Road, and I think one's on 900 West. And they're delicious. Like Al Pastor tacos are amazing. I love it. And so I, I like that place. Uh, I also like uh, Tooley Bakery a lot. For, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just like baked goods and, and coffee and things like that. And going back, like, again, every every run, like, you can kind of come across these places. I ate at an amazing Korean place uh, called Stun Cube down in South Salt Lake. It's like 2700 South and... State Street, 
amazing Korean, just like in this like, uh, you know, little mini mall kind of area there. So I don't know. It's like fun to explore also culinary, uh, uh, not just the streets too. So <laughs> yeah. And that has to be cool. Cause when you're running, you can actually get easily to more accessible restaurants. For sure. Yeah. Than if you're in a car. Oh, but okay. Look, I don't, I don't mean to completely sidetrack here, but back to your running. So when you were running, did you have like a notebook with you? And like, how did you get very, <laughs> you, a mile must have taken forever. Like, especially because you, I mean, there were, oh, you're you, you got to read, you'd have to write down, oh man, I want to come back here and eat. I want to come here and eat. I, I want to come here and eat. <laughs> I like, would get, to, I would stay on one block for like 24 hours. Like, wow, that's so cool. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Like, mostly I just like remember it in my head. Like, okay. It, it's a funny story. I, I actually don't really take anything with me on my runs. I don't listen to music or take my phone or anything. I just leave it in my car until uh, my second daughter was about to be born and my wife was saying, you need to take your phone in case I go into labor. And so I was like, that's understandable. That's and so then I started, so, so I started to take my phone on me. And then now I just like, it's been handy for me whenever I do the Instagram posts, like I can just kind of pause for a few seconds and take a quick snapshot and then go on my way again. So. Okay. And I have to derail a second because you don't listen to music while you're running. <laughs> no. How are no. you not feeling? How, like, is it just like, are you, you getting into a meditative state? How do you feel? I mean, if I was just running in silence, I'd probably go crazy. <laughs> probably. No, it's, it, yeah, I'd say meditative state is a good way to look at it. Like, uh, you know, it's like anything like the first five minutes, it kind of, you kind of get into the zone a little bit. But once you're in the zone, I just kind of just uh You just ride the runner's high? Yeah, a little bit, I would say. Uh, a little bit of that. And I've I just heard like, of it. Yeah. I think it's a myth, but... <laughs> I heard it's a thing. I don't know. It's definitely a thing. I'm not, uh, I don't run anymore. Uh, and I never really was a runner, but when I did run a little bit, I, I definitely felt like what those positive effects were. No, for sure. And it's just like, I don't know. I, maybe it's like finding the flow. Maybe that's like a better, yeah. uh, uh, idea. Cause you just kind of go into a groove and your brain kind of goes on autopilot. And, and that's, yeah. I mean, it's for me, it's, it's like, it's really amazing. Oh, thank you. Like, it's it's, it's like, a good uh, reprieve. We, yeah, yeah. None of us really take the time to just do that anymore. And it's, I think it's something that most of us are afraid to do. Like, we're afraid to put down our phones or not have something talking at us. or You know what I mean? People are afraid to be alone and quote unquote bored. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. It, it leads to the best discoveries as I we've agree. seen with you. And you're just a lot more observant. Like if I, I just imagine if I was listening to stuff, it's easy to get lost into the music and you, and then you just kind of like, look at your feet in front of you on the pavement and that's about it. But here without having any sort of distractions, you can kind of wander your head around and look left, look right, and just notice some of these things that you otherwise wouldn't notice. I like that. It's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I have to, when I'm, when I'm at the gym or out and about, I got to listen to a podcast or a book or something. Cause I got to get lost in that man. Cause I, otherwise I'm focusing way too much on what I'm doing. When I used to weight lift, I would listen to comedy, but then one time I was listening to Mike Birbiglia while I was doing squats and I laughed so hard that I couldn't squat back up. So I'm like, okay, comedy, not <laughs> great while you're moving. <laughs> Music's probably better. Okay. Derailed. <laughs> no, Dude, that's what I love about podcasts. I mean, it's the same thing with even getting to know somebody like yourself, man, is it's why I love podcasts are just obscure, man, that way. But uh, back to Salt Lake City, is there anything you would change about Salt Lake City if you had that opportunity? Like, let's say you had the opportunity to change something. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I did notice as well is like uh, this discrepancy in like trees on the east-west side. And I know like Mayor Mendenhall has this like initiative to 
you know, plant a thousand trees for every year that she's in office, primarily on the West side. And, you know, being up in the East bench and you look across the Valley, everything looks forested and you're like, this isn't a problem. But then like, whenever I'm actually out on the roads in, you know, maybe the Glendale area and I go a quarter of the mile, sometimes a third of a mile without seeing a tree on the curb strip where it's shocking a little bit. And then you, Whereas, you know, Harvard, Yale area, you can't even go, you know, 20 yards without having, you know, full grown tree uh, over there. So it's just like, I definitely think uh, more greenery on the west side. And again, going back to the uh, point with these ultra wide roads, I feel like you could have green medians easily. It's something that they've implemented on the east side, like 1100 east going up to the university. They added green medians. And I think that that would be very fitting down on the west side on some of these ultra wide roads for sure. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that too. It's a good. I don't think Community I've ever had gardens. anybody. Oh, let's do. Okay, all right. No, that's a good <laughs> idea. I like that. You know, and that's that's what I even hope. That's one thing I always hoped with even this podcast is to open up more discussions of of possibilities for Utah and for Salt Lake City, uh, and especially as we shifted so much over the last ten years. I mean, Salt Lake City has changed so much. I don't know. I mean, now we didn't even find out. Are you from Salt Lake? Even or were you born and raised here? Uh, from well, you Texas. said a decade. Right. Or, that's right. right. That's right. That's right. You good catch there. Thank you. <laughs> I'm from Texas originally. And then I kind of took a circuitous route and ultimately landed here about 10, 11 years ago. And uh, I didn't know anything about Utah before I kind of came in. And uh, whenever I drove in, I was just uh, just overwhelmed with like how close the mountains were and just uh, all the different recreational activities you had up in the mountains. It's just uh, it's very very good selling point for the state. And I decided to, you know, uh, make my home here and I don't have zero plans of leaving because I love it so much. So, yeah, so back, you've seen it change a lot in the last 10, 11 years then. And then especially running every street, you're like, wow, where did that come from? Where did that come from? I mean, I tell Chrissy all the time, every time we go down to Utah County, I'm like, man, I remember when I-15 was two lanes. Or, oh my gosh, man. we are those old people, yeah. you guys. We're like, <laughs> you remember when your parents would be like, that wasn't there when we lived here. And I'm like, oh, you're old. Yeah. We're yeah. those people now. I love yeah, the, it. the scale of developments is just crazy. Like, uh, I mean, you just really see it in all all neighborhoods too. Like, uh, there's nary a lot that's open anymore. It's like everything's been either uh, raised in, in in process of getting developed or have been developed. So the city has changed dramatically for sure. How can listeners uh, get a hold of you? What's your Instagram again, uh, Bryant, for people uh, to if, if they want to reach out to you or if they want to see some of these places you've run? What's the best way to do that? Yeah, sure. So the Instagram account is just at SLCs and that's spelled S-L-S-E-E-S. Sorry to make it so difficult. <laughs> no, it's awesome. It's memorable. Never apologize. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I, I just basically share a daily post uh, primarily through uh, things I see on my running. Uh, I have a handful of other running projects that I'm either just completed or in work like uh, to kind of celebrate the jazz uh, playoff run, I just finished up running 68 laps around Vivid Arena uh, because that's how many wins they need to win the championship. And so uh, this a week ago Friday, <laughs> <laughs> a week ago Friday, I just uh, started. I, I I I usually almost always post my stuff on Reddit because uh, people seem to enjoy it on that forum site. And I just said, okay, in one hour's time, I'm going to run 68 laps around the Jazz Arena. If you're in town, come honk your horn or, or run a few laps with me and some people join me and uh, some yes. shouts of go jazz. And it, it made for a, a fun morning and early afternoon. It was about 34 miles in total because, uh, 
Yeah, so it's I finished a, that up. A long marathon. Yeah, long marathon, but it's for the Jazz because I really think that we're going to win this year. I'm a strong Jazz fan. I have a couple of other Jazz-related uh, running projects planned and stored for their playoff run as well. Do they know that you're doing this for them? You're like, you're you're building them up so that they will succeed because they don't even know how much you're, you're giving them here. I can't imagine. You're the mascot. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine they do, but I mean, it, I did think it would be kind of cool if the Jazz Bear came and uh, you know ran the last lap with me or something like that. But who knows? Maybe cool. Maybe when they make the finals and then I have you know one large uh, you know hoopla of, of a run or something, maybe I can get some uh, promotion. I don't know, but uh, it doesn't really bother that me. It's mostly so meant rad. for the fans. <laughs> and then so the other cool. uh, the other project I had uh, that I'm kind of in process is I liked how you know, running all these streets was great for urban exploration. But I, I looked at the same kind of map of Utah and realized I haven't been like, I haven't been to a national park, for example, which I feel like is just a derelict of duty being here for 10 years. And so I was like, how can I change this in the same way? So I decided to like, basically run the streets of a small town in each of the 29 counties uh, in Utah. So I get to kind of like, drive out to some of these remote places and see some beautiful sites along the way. And then, you know, park it in Wallsburg, uh, the city of Wallsburg up in yeah. Wasatch County and just, you know, loop around their, you know, six to 10 miles of road and then, you know, get to see the area a little bit. So um, I'm about uh, a fifth of the way done with the, the 29 counties and the governor seemed to like it because I, I did his hometown of Fairview uh, as kind of like the, the, the first, yeah. the first run. And so he kind of appreciated that. So I don't know. It's just fun to explore and it's a different way to explore the, the state as well. So what about that yeah. town of Thistle? When you probably went through Thistle when you went out <laughs> to Fairview, remember that? Fairview, I don't yeah. know if you, you, you followed that town that flooded and on the way to there, but that I is just so hear random cool. names. And I'm like, Oh, there's a town. Like there's yeah. always a town that I didn't oh, know yeah. about here. It's so always. crazy. I was going to say the funny thing about all these uh, rural towns is like you think of them as small towns, you know, in population 600, 800. But then when you run the streets, they always wind up being like 18 miles of streets or something unbelievably large. Like it's just, it's always shocking to me. Like even small towns, you know, uh, are not are, are, that small. Are not that small. Exactly. Yeah. Well, they're just, they're just smarter. They spread out further from their neighbors, right? They're not like, they don't want to be on top of each other, right? Like, that's right. Like we do, we, we do here in 20 uh, acre lawns, you know, dude, you are the perfect guest for I am Salt Lake. Like I said, I, I'm pretty sure I said that in the beginning because it's just so fascinating because you are like really the person out there exploring the city, getting to know what's in our backyard. Because again, so often we only keep, keep up what's on Facebook. Oh, what's right. going on on Facebook? What's being said on Facebook? And, it's well, like, and when you live somewhere, yeah. you take for granted the amazing things that are there. So you never go to find them. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you having me on for sure. And it's just like, I have, the, I have this like weird encyclopedic knowledge about the city. And it's just like, this has been a great avenue to kind of like, <laughs> you know, unload a little bit uh, 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 of, of it from my head here. So anything That's before awesome. we completely wrap up here Chrissy asks a final question everybody that comes on here uh, Brian but uh, you know is there before we wrap it up is there anything you were hoping we w- would talk about uh, why why the record button's still going and everything here no I think like uh the big thing and I, I don't know if I stress this enough is like um, I kind of mentioned this in the Salt Lake Tribune article but uh, one of the big takeaways was just like how fun it was to go through all these neighborhoods and you kind of think of it as we're all different. Like I, Oh, I live in sugar house or I, Oh, I live in like, we're these distinct, you know, entities, but then like running through it, you just see how like similar everything is. And everyone is like running around and seeing all this, all the holidays change. Like for, 
for, uh, you know, Christmas, everywhere has decorations up. You know, you go around for Holloway, Hall- Halloween, sorry. Everyone has, you know, jack-o'-lanterns that are on their porch. It doesn't matter if you're in, you know, the East Bench or, or up out, out at West Point or down in, um, down near the brickyard. Like, there's a lot more similarities that I think would be beneficial for people to think about. Like we're all mostly the same. Everyone has kids running through sprinklers. Everyone has like dogs barking at the postman. Like, like, you know, despite what our seemingly differences based on geography, we're basically all the same. Totally. That's like, if we can eliminate any us versus them mentality from all humanity, that would be incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be one point that, yeah, I wish. I love it. I love it. I love Take that. it away, Chrissy. You got the All final, right. got the final well, word here. I feel like we've gathered much insight already from you, but I'm going to squeeze a little bit more. If you could leave our listeners with a piece of life advice or a motto that you live by, what would you tell them? I get like a lot of comments from people like uh, saying, oh, I can never imagine doing something like this or I, ca- I can't even run a mile or, or things like that. It's like, and I wish I could tell them that you don't start out as an expert. And I'm sure this is like something that you guys can attest to, you know, doing this weekly pod for almost 500 episodes. Like, you know, it start, it always starts off rough and it's, that's the most oh, yeah. challenging point. You're always embarrassed the whole time. Always. <laughs> and it's, it's the most challenging part, but if you can like work through it and just like have that consistency and dedication to like a goal, like you will improve, like you will get better. And, and, uh, that's really the biggest takeaway is just how powerful, like incremental, uh, progress is like, I mean, and I could see it in real time with my map after each run, I just add a little bit more, the next run, a little bit more, next run, a little bit more. And then by the, by the time you're done with it a year later, after 118 runs and you see the whole map that's complete and you can just take a step back and just realize, Hey, this is a huge, huge achievement, but it all started because of all these small steps that you took. So I love that. I love it. You know what else I'd randomly love to see because I was thinking of those maps. I want you to have like a wall in your house with a huge map and have like the crazy man red lines all over the place. <laughs> map them out so you can be like, all right, everybody come look at my map. This lady wouldn't let me drink out of her hose. This this dog wouldn't. Hey, wouldn't that be a cool app for runners is to like tell no, you what, what hoses oh. would be okay for you to take a little sip of water from? Wouldn't that oh, be yeah. a good like idea for a little running? App? Anyway, thank you so much, Brian, for, yeah. for recording with us, buddy. And yeah, uh, best of luck with everything. Let's, I mean, I'd love to catch up with you in like a year or two, see what new crazy things you're up to. So. Absolutely. Well, maybe, you know, when the jazz win it all, maybe maybe I'll be running the parade route. Who knows? <laughs> Thanks again to Bryant Heath for joining us on this episode of the podcast. All of the links that we mentioned in this conversation can be found with episode show notes on our podcast website, which is at IamSaltLake.com slash 486. And that is for episode 486. Hey, it's the first episode of the month, and that means we talk about our Patreon supporters. Those of you that kick on over a couple of bucks, you're kind of like our producers, our our assistant producers of the podcast. So thank you, everybody. True that. That's a Patreon supporter. Uh, Go to patreon.com slash Lake if you want to find out more. But let's go down the list here uh, and give thank you to Jeremy Hunt, Jen Seals, Mark Copeland, Nick Naylor, Brett A. Schmidt. Todd Bjorkland, Tim Haran, Michelle Stevens-Williams, Christopher A. Heiser, Brandon Hill from over at Mountain Standard Time Marketing, Jay Chambers, Sana, John Miller, Eric Tomorrow, Nicole Davison, 
Nikki Line from over in New Zealand, and uh, Ryan Prince. Thank you, everybody, for uh, being a Patreon supporter. Again, patreon.com slash Lake, and that's going to give you more information about that. You guys have a great week. Get out and enjoy the city. It's going to be a beautiful week, and we're going to see you next week on the next episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. And good night, Grammy. <laughs>